0: Well, this Easter, Easter 2020, it's going to be an Easter that we never forget. I always tell people, hey, if you want to come to St George for a visit... How about you come at Easter time? It is the best time in St George. It's the perfect season. It's still warm enough to go for a swim during the day, but it's cool enough during the night that you don't need a fan to help you sleep. It's, it's the right temperature for camping because it's not freezing at night, but it's not boiling during the day either. And often around Easter, you can catch glimpses of, of white fields of cotton, which are ready for picking. Uh, it's not too hot, not too cold. It's just a beautiful time of year. For this year, we're not allowed to go anywhere. We're not allowed to do anything. We had visitors coming for Easter this year. We, we often have people coming for Easter. Uh, they're not coming anymore. Yep, we're going to remember this Easter all right. And I think the thing that's going to knock me about the most this year is Easter time in the Christian church it's a time for fellowship it's a time where where we meet together and and we time when we worship together it's a time for being together so that we can remember with sadness the death of Jesus it's a time for us to be sad together but it's also a time of shared hope as we we look forward to the future and as we share in the joy of Resurrection Sunday. And and as a joint collective, we we fellowship and and celebrate together as we proclaim Jesus is alive. And that's what I'm going to miss. And that's what I'm going to remember about this Easter. The loneliness, the absence of personal fellowship, and I've been thinking about this. As disciples of Jesus, we usually connect in a similar way as the, disciples of, as the original disciples of Jesus connected on that terrible day. After the crucifixion of Jesus, they, they all came together behind those closed locked doors and they found comfort in the presence of each other. And in normal times... That's what we do. And as I've reflected on this, I I believe this Good Friday today is an opportunity for us to connect with what it was like for Jesus. As one by one, all of his disciples deserted him. And except for a few women, as he hung up on that cross, although he was surrounded by his enemies, he was all alone. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was the cost of our salvation? You know, usually on Good Friday, we we, we consider the physical pain that Jesus went through and the physical torment and, and the abuse that he copped. Last year, as we studied the Gospel of Mark, we could see that Mark was highlighting the humiliation of the cross. The Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, was totally humiliated by his own creation. This year, I reckon I'm going to capture some of the emotional pain that Jesus went through of desertion and loneliness at the time of his greatest need. They deserted him in the garden. Rhonda's going to read some scriptures for us. Thanks, Rhonda.
1: Matthew 26, verses 36 to 56. And Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, "'Sit here while I go over there and pray.' Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them, and went away once more, and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? At that time, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him.
0: And then Peter deserted him in the courtyard of the high priest. Matthew 26 verses
1: 69 to 75. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while... Those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them, for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly.
0: And he was deserted by the whole of Israel when they chose Barabbas over Jesus.
1: Matthew 27, verses 15 to 22. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, "'Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas?' Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. And then he was crucified. Matthew 27, verses 32 to 44. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. And they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus the king of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And as he died, it
0: seemed like God had deserted him. He hadn't but had every appearance that he had.
1: Matthew 27, verses 45 to 54. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani," which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. And at his death, where were the men? Where were those
0: brave men? Nowhere to be seen. And even the women looked on from a distance.
1: Matthew 27, verses 55 to 61. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea, named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, And placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb.
0: And so we get the image of Jesus Christ all alone on the cross. But not everything was as it appeared. And we need to hear this uh, because some people are feeling really alone right now, but not everything is as it seems. Now, I I usually try to give a completely new message each year. Um, Once you've been preaching for a while, the hardest times of year to preach are Christmas and Easter. Uh, because we've got to give a Christmas and Easter message every year. And when you've been doing it for a while, h- how do you go about doing something new? Um, and so I usually try of something new every year, but this year I'm actually going to share something that, that I actually shared last year as well, and only because I think it's really important that we do. Just before he died, what did Jesus cry out? Eli! Eloi lama which means my god my god why have you forsaken me it was a cry of utter despair now today it's common evangelical theology to say well this he cried out that because at that point jesus was loaded with all of the sins of humanity and god couldn't bear to look at him but I want you to note that, that nowhere do the scriptures actually say that. It may be true. I sort of suspect not though because God looks upon all sinners and he loves them. But one thing I do know is that very common explanation that we've all heard many times. It often prevents us from digging into our Old Testaments and see what it might really mean my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is the first line of Psalm 22. It's a psalm that begins in utter despair, but it ends in triumph. It it begins with the feeling that God has abandoned him. But by the end, we we realise that things are not as they seem. The psalmist isn't abandoned by God. The psalmist continues to have faith that God will hear him and that God will rescue him from death, even if he dies first. Righto. Today, if we want to point someone to a, to a certain passage of Scripture, how do we do it? We, we, we simply quote book, chapter and verse. Right? So for instance, we would say Psalms, chapter 22, verses 1 to 31 and that's all very convenient but i understand that it was only in the 1300s when they began adding chapters to to the scriptures to to try and help people to find their way around them do you know how they used to guide people to certain passages of scripture before that or more specifically do you know how they used to guide people to specific psalms and you know what the practice was in Jesus' day? Well, let me give you a little hint. What if I was to say to you, Australians all let us rejoice? What would you come back at me with? For we are young and free. What am I telling you to, to, to look at? The Australian National Anthem, Advance Australia Fair. What about if I said to you, once a jolly swagman? You'd go, camp by a billabong okay we're talking about waltzing matilda here's a here's a little bit harder one and some of you'll get it some of you won't what if i said well he's looking kind of jaded you got it yet and his sight is not the best what's the next line the hair around his muzzles turning gray some of you know it it's a song leave him out there in the long yard uh, by Slim Dusty and getting sung now more popularly by, by Lee All right? the The way that we point somebody to a particular psalm or a particular song is you just quote the first line and people instantly know what you're talking about. And as Jesus hung up on the cross, to those around him, it seemed that God had deserted him. And Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's he doing? He's pointing us to Psalm 22. How about we read it? To the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn. Oh, it even gives us the tune. A Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They they wag their heads. He trusts in in Yahweh. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. The dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O oh Yahweh, do not be far off. O oh, you, may help, come quickly to my aid. O oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid deliver my soul from the sword my precious life from the power of the dog save me from the mouth of the lion you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation I will praise you you who fear Yahweh praise him All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise Yahweh. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to Yahweh. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to Yahweh. Wow. It's like, it's like Jesus is saying, you want me to prophesy? You know, like they beat him and said, come on, prophesy to us, prophesy to us. You want me to prophesy? Well, the prophecy's already been made. It's about me and I'm fulfilling this prophecy. Psalm 22 was written a thousand years before Jesus was born. And there he was, fulfilling it before their very eyes. It looked like God had deserted him. But God hadn't deserted him at all. This was God's purpose for Jesus all along. And so the crucifixion gives the appearance of despair. But it ends in triumph. It gives the appearance that God had deserted Jesus, but he hadn't. And this Easter, today, you may feel alone. Your feelings are wrong. You are not alone. God is with us just as God was with Jesus on the cross. And God hasn't deserted you just as God didn't desert Jesus on the cross. And we're going to talk more about this on Resurrection Sunday. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for your plan of the ages that your precious Son would suffer and die that we might have life. Lord, Perhaps this year we might grasp the loneliness and and the abandonment that Jesus felt on the cross. But Lord, we thank you that things were not as they appeared. We thank you that you didn't abandon Jesus, but that you raised him up in glory again on the third day. And Lord, we thank you that you are with us. Even when we feel alone, we know that you are with us. Lord, at this time, where other human contact is more distant. Draw near to us, we pray. Lord, we delight in your presence and we thank you for the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus that made our relationship with you possible. To you be all glory. And Lord, today we shift our focus from ourselves and we worship you. And the people all said... Amen. Did you say that? No, come on, we'll try it again. And the people all said, Amen.